All right. Good morning. Good morning, Converge. Would you stand with us? It is a great day in the Lord's house. Amen. Let's sing this song together. It's called Echo. I want to hear you guys sing it with us, okay? All right, here we go. When night has fallen, when fear is coming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost, my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. When my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided I'm not giving up Cause you won't give up on me You won't give up on me Your love is holding on and it won't let go
the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. How many of you know we did it before? We needed to do it again. You guys ready? Sing this out. Just like you did it before, Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before, Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before, Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it before, Lord, we are ready for more. Just like you did it This morning, we have the awesome privilege, uh, as we always do, to celebrate communion together. Typically, this happens on the first Sunday 
of each month, but you know that last Sunday we met virtually, uh, but we're gathered together in person, and we wanted to make sure that we set time aside to remember the faithfulness of God and to remember his broken body and his shed blood. When you came in, you should have received elements, and we invite you to participate now in communion with us right where we are. This is not just something we do by rote or by routine. Uh, what we do is not just symbolic, it is significant. It's an opportunity for us to connect our hearts to what God did through his son Jesus 2,000 years ago that really made all of this possible. The reason we're able to gather together, the reason we're able to draw near to God this morning in worship is because of the finished work of the cross. You see, there was a time when God's people would gather and they could only go as far as the outer court because the inner court was reserved for the priests and the Holy of Holies was only reserved for the high priest. And even then, the high priest could only come into the Holy of Holies once a year, into the presence of God where the Ark of the Covenant was behind the veil. So the people would come and they would bring their sacrifices and then the priests would offer their sacrifices, but only the high priest on the Day of Atonement once a year was allowed to come into the presence of God. In fact, the high priest uh, had, a, had a, a, a belt around his waist that extended from the Holy of Holies all the way into the outer court. And he wore bells around the hem of his robe and there was a reason for it. The reason for it was simply this, if the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and where the Shekinah glory of God was with anything in his heart, unforgiven, unresolved, he would fall dead in the presence of God because of God's holiness confronting man's sinfulness. Something powerful, something profound happened on the day that Jesus gave up the ghost on the cross. The scripture says emphatically, that the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. And what it signified was that you and I no longer needed a high priest to get us to Jesus. That you and I no longer needed a high priest to get us to God. That because of the finished work of the cross, because of his shed blood and because of his broken body, now you and I, have unhindered, unfettered access to God whenever we draw near. That's good news this morning. And I'm afraid to say it's something that we often take for granted. Something that the Old Testament followers of God didn't have the privilege to experience. But guess what? Now you and I get to experience the presence of God. Not only when we're in the house of God, but even when we're alone in his presence. And that's what this moment is about. God wants to remind us that the things that once separated us from him have been removed because of the finished work of the cross. And this is what he says in his word. Here's the promise that you and I have, that if we'll draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. Because the truth is, he already drew near 2,000 years ago. 
And so now it's your move. I've asked this question before, and I think it's, it bears repeating this morning, and it's simply this, if God seems distant, who moved? Because I know the scriptures tell me that God promised that he would never leave me, never forsake me. So he didn't move. Maybe we walked away for one reason or the other. But even then, even then, even then, his promise to us is that he's just one whisper and one prayer away. That's what communion is about. And that's what we remember this morning. That there's no longer a veil that separates us from the very presence of God. And Hebrews chapter 4 says it this way. Therefore, you and I can come. No, no, no. There's a word that they throw in there just before the word come. And that is, you can boldly come. You can boldly come to his throne of grace and obtain two things, mercy, listen to me, mercy, not getting what you deserve. That's mercy. He says we can boldly come to the presence of God and number one, obtain mercy, not getting what we deserve. Come on, that's good news. The second thing we receive is his grace. We obtain mercy and grace in his presence. Here it is. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Y'all see the difference? Mercy, not getting what you deserve, which is judgment. Grace, getting what you don't deserve, which is his unmerited favor. We receive both at his throne and the scripture says it is a throne of grace that's what communion is so when we read the Old Testament and these people had to wait in the outer court for the priest to make a sacrifice on their behalf in the inner court so that the high priest could go and intercede and mediate on their behalf only once a year on the day of atonement in the presence of God God says you have 24-7 unfettered access to me and that's what this moment is all about. So Lord, right now we take the symbol, the emblem of your broken body. And we thank you for what you did 2,000 years ago on our behalf. Yeah. You paid a debt you didn't know. You did it on our behalf. So Lord, we thank you right now that this emblem, this symbol of your body, your broken body, it's blessed to our bodies and our lives to your service so that in the moments when we need your mercy, when we need your grace, we can receive it freely. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. We're already loved, already accepted. And somebody needs to hear that this morning. Already loved, already accepted because of what Jesus did for you. Lord, we receive this now. And as we do, we receive strength and life 
and health to our physical bodies. In Jesus' name. Take now and eat. Thank you, Lord. And the scripture declares that on the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he also took the cup. And he said, this is my blood which is shed for you. And as often as you drink from this cup, you do it in remembrance. You do it in remembrance of me. Right now, Lord, we thank you for what you did 2,000 years ago on our behalf. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway because your love for us compelled you to the cross on our behalf. So Lord, we thank you for this symbol, this emblem of your shed blood. We receive it now as blessed to our bodies and our lives to your service. And we thank you that the blood will never lose its power. It still reaches the highest mountain. And our greatest successes when we're, when we're at our very best. But it still flows to the lowest valley when we're at our worst. Lord, would you meet us there this morning? Mountain top or valley low. The blood will never lose its power. So, Father, do in us today, in this moment, as we receive the cup, what we need most, and that is confidence toward you. Your word declares, if our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. This morning, because of the blood, I thank you that you restore our confidence toward you. Not as orphans, not as slaves, but as sons and as daughters, in Jesus' name. Take now and drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your great love wherewith you've loved us. And in this morning, we draw near in worship. No condemnation, no hesitation, no reservation blood-bought sons and daughters of God, worshiping you in spirit and in truth. The team is going to come and lead us in worship. Why don't you stand with us as we continue in worship together?
families are preparing to return their students to school. You guys see the news, you see everything that has been happening. We want to be prayerful at over 125 churches, not churches, 125 schools and administrative buildings here in McKinney, in Frisco and Prosper to partner with and walk alongside our parents as we are praying for our students as they get ready to go back to school. So again, we'll have some information for you shortly on how you can connect. And then the third thing is on Saturday, August 6th, we have the amazing opportunity to partner with Above All Things and with Preston Trail in the Backpack to School Outreach Program. And this is going to be our opportunity to fill backpacks with school supplies and to share those backpacks with our students, the students in our community who have a need for that. So if you guys are interested in any of the events that I've just shared with you and you want more information, we have some sign-up sheets in the lobby at the Connection Center so that you can register. You can also email us at admin at weareconverged to register or for more details. Amen? And then guys, we have some great Converge merch. I have on my Covered Girl t-shirt today. We have them, yes, thank you. <laughs> we have them in black and white for the ladies. We've got some new Holy Spirit Activate t-shirts that if you've been with us for a few weeks, you have seen some of us wear. And my friend Vanna, or Mina, is gonna come and help me a bit. We've got some, in addition to t-shirts, we have actual like mugs and things like that. We've got some tumblers, we've got some journals, we've got lots of things available. So if you are interested in pre-ordering some of these items. I think the tumbler that Mina's gonna show you in a minute is available via pre-order. Or if you'd like to purchase some of these items, stop by the merch table, take a look and see what we have. Or you can visit our e-store at store.weareconverged.com to make a purchase or to pre-order that tumbler. That one has my name on it, though Mina doesn't know it yet. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. So as we're transitioning into our blessed life segment of the worship experience, this is our opportunity to give back to God a portion of all that he has blessed us with. It's our opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us at Converge in our giving. And we have multiple ways that you can do that. We have ushers in the aisles with envelopes. If you need one, raise your hand and they will get one with an ink pen to you. We just ask that you would fill out those details on the envelope in its entirety. And that is so that we can properly record and account for your generosity to us here at Converge. We also, um, you're also able to give online safely and securely by visiting us at weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can give via Zelle, you can give via Cash App, you can even mail in your payments. All of those details are available on the screen or you can see um, all those details on our website. Just we appreciate however you choose to give in whatever format you choose to give. We appreciate your generosity. We appreciate your financial partnership and we appreciate everything that you do, the part that you play in helping make life giving ministry happen right here at Converge Church. Let us pray over the offering very quickly. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you God that you are our source we thank you that you are our God Jehovah Jireh who looks ahead sees and makes provision for us even beyond just financial means Father God but we take this opportunity to return to you a small portion of what you've blessed us with in loving obedience to your word and to you God we pray and thank you that Converge Church is good ground where this seed is being sown and that you have given us the wisdom to do what you've called us to do to help take these gifts and impact your kingdom 
in this community. We love you, God. We appreciate you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it and for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for your attention. We appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Converge Nation, are you ready for the word this morning? Uh, listen, listen, I know y'all can do better than that. Let's try that one more time. Are you ready for the word this morning, Converge Nation? Awesome. Thank you so much for being in person with us this morning. For those of you joining us virtually online, uh, Converge Online, Converge Live, we'd like to say welcome to our Sunday morning worship experience right here at 1611. Wilmoth Road, which is becoming, becoming the new home of Converge Church. Listen, let me just bring you up to speed, just in case you're wondering, we're gonna, we're gonna get into the word here momentarily. Uh, but for those of you uh, who received the email update from us, you know that all the documents were signed on Friday. Come on, somebody. All documents signed. However, this is not unusual for Friday closings for those of you who know real estate and, and, and mortgage and, and all that fun stuff that goes into it. Uh, uh, there was just a little bit of a hiccup with the funding just because of the 4th of July, the banking holiday. And, uh, and so uh, uh, the prayer is that on Monday, uh, all the funding uh, will be where it's supposed to be. Everything will be in the right accounts. All the transfers will happen. And then, come on somebody, officially, officially, 1611 Wilmoth Road will be the new home of Converge Church. Come on somebody, listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know y'all can, can do better. Where the drums at? Where the drums at? Where the drums at? Come on, somebody. You are standing in a multi-million dollar miracle. I don't know. Where my drums at? Where my drums at? You are standing in a multi-million dollar miracle. Only God, through his people, could have done this. Listen to me. It hadn't always been easy. All of it, every bit of it, has been worth it. And listen to me, listen to me, Converge. We are just, listen, we're just, listen, we are just getting started. Somebody say, there is more. Let me go back over here. Let's say that one more time. There is more and that's the word the Lord gave us and that's the word God will fulfill in and through us I can't get ahead of myself but there's so much vision for what God is going to do through this space through this facility and through his people uh, uh, I want to say something but I can't tell y'all yet after Monday after Monday y'all y'all get ready y'all get ready for what God does next at the beginning of the year, the Lord prompted me to teach from Luke chapter 5. And God instructed Peter 
to let down his nets in the place where he had toiled all night and caught nothing. And Peter said, Master, we have toiled all night. We've done everything we know to do. We've prayed, we've fasted. Come on, somebody. Y'all heard me say this before. When it comes to walking by faith, understanding can wait. Obedience can't. And so Peter says, Master, we've taught all night understanding. But then all of us need to find our nevertheless. Because understanding can wait, obedience can't. And we let down our nets in faith. And God met us there. But notice what happens next. Peter receives a neck-breaking, boat-sinking catch. So much so that he had to invite the other fishermen to participate in what God was doing in his life. And I'm telling you, this is the season that we are in as a church. I'm telling you, what God does next is going to blow your mind. Listen, we're sitting in a million dollar miracle, fully furnished, all the equipment, every piece of furniture. In fact, last week, they said we got an F-250 in the back parking lot. That's yours too. Not only that, right backstage, in one of those storage closets, is a hydraulic lift that people pay up to three, four thousand dollars a day to rent. That's ours too. So when we prayed years ago that God would give us houses we didn't build, wells we didn't dig, vineyards we didn't plant, God did it according to his word. And so, and so, and so when we say it, when we hear God say it, and we echo what God says, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, hold on to it for yourself. This is a season of notable miracles for our church and for you. Let me stop for a second and testify. Let me stop for a second and testify. Y'all been seeing, uh, I'm telling you, the miracle, so many miracles. Last year, we, you, can sit, you, have a, you can be seated if you can. Last year, last year, last year. Last year, we said it would be a banner year. A year uh, marked by strong successes, fruitfulness, and productivity. God did amazing things in people's lives. We haven't told all the stories. But you guys are seeing some of the fruit of that through one of the families who is still connected with Converge Church. Y'all know Macomb and Tanisha Cephas. And what most people don't know is before Macomb walks into any audition, guess who they call? They're pastors in Dallas. And every single time God has given us not only the opportunity to pray with them, but every single time the Lord has given us a prophetic word for them. So it's no coincidence that when God said last year would be a banner year, that Macomb not only starred in a Michael Bay movie, Ambulance, but he got to play young Yanis Antetokounmpo in Rise. Go to the Disney Channel and you'll see one of our own Converge members in a leading co-star role. 
and Disney. Not only that, last week his family was featured on a new show with Kelly Ripper as the host called Generation Gap. It's no coincidence that Damon and Camille Denson, when they transitioned to Atlanta to plant a church, can I even say it? I can't say it because I didn't ask them permission. But let me just say God is at work in our midst. And when we say there is more beyond what you have seen, beyond what you have heard, beyond what you have imagined or conceived, that's what God is doing in this season in our church. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I am telling you, get ready for what we, listen, we celebrate what God's doing now, but what God does next, I'm telling you, it's going to be, I don't even think there's a word for it, and that's no hype. So Father, we thank you, and we give you praise that you are a faithful God, that even though sometimes in our lives the fulfillment of the promise isn't immediate, it doesn't always happen right away. It doesn't always happen on our timeline or according to our schedule or according to our agenda. It may not be immediate, but God, I thank you that it is inevitable. It will come to pass and it will not fail for you said the vision is for an appointed time. And though it tarry, though it tarry, wait for it. Wait for it. For it will surely come to pass. It will not fail. God, we give you the glory for what you've done. For what you've done. For what you've done. A multi-million dollar miracle. Lord, I'm even reminded when you spoke to us and we said this to our church, when you said to us that I will do more with less. That God, what we thought it was impossible to do when we had hundreds coming. said, don't worry about it. Just like Gideon, you sent home 29,700 and you won the victory with 300. God, forgive us for the times when we thought we needed 30,000 to make it happen when all you needed was 300. God, we thank you for those who have been faithful, who have sown, who have prayed, who have served, who didn't leave when it was hard, who stuck in there, who stood with us, believed with us, and dreamed with us. Only you, Father, deserve the glory for what you've done. And we'll be careful to give it all to you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Amen. I hadn't even started crying yet. Yeah, because I'm still like, pinching myself but there's going to come that moment when it all finally sinks in the very first words that I spoke when we planted Converge Church was a poem that I first heard John Osteen Joel Osteen's dad share and it says great it is to dream the dream when you stand in youth by the starry stream. But a greater thing is to fight life through and in the end, 
to say the dream is true. It's one thing to dream the dream when you're in your youth. But I tell you this, it's another thing to fight life through. Y'all hear what I'm saying? To fight life through. Not to throw in the towel. Not to quit because it's taking longer than you would like it to. But to fight life through and to say the dream. The dream. The dream is true. I pray that for you. I pray that for your dreams. That as you're working through this season and waiting through this season, that the moment will come when you will declare the dream is true. The dream is true. Father, we draw near to your word now with humility and we ask you to speak to our hearts as only you can. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we say have your way. As we talk about your power <laughs> and your presence in our lives and your purpose for our lives. Lord, as we chronicle these ghost stories, be glorified in all that we say and do in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Listen, it's so good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, for those of you watching online, your assignment is to engage online. Listen, if something resonates with you, drop a comment in the chat, drop some fire emojis. It makes a difference. And let me just say this. For everyone last week who accepted my challenge, my call to share uh, the video, listen, we almost tripled in viewership last week because you shared the sermon online with your circle and your network. It makes a difference. So thank you for doing that. We ask you to do it again. And even for those of us who are in the service, if something we say this morning resonates with you or you think about somebody that this will help, man, I invite you. I encourage you to share it, to like it, uh, so that our reach will continue to grow beyond just the four walls of 1611 Wilmoth Road. Glory to God. All righty. How many Bible students we got out there? Uh, thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm. Wow. Wow. Okay. We got a couple Bible students. Hopefully <laughs> this morning you will be inspired and encouraged uh, to be a student of God's word. Amen. We are in week six of Ghost Stories, and we will continue this series through the end of July. So there's this week, and I believe two more weeks, and we will be through with um, uh, our, our series around the person, the power, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And in seminary, they would call these series, or these series of messages, pneumatology. It is uh, derived from the Greek word pneuma, where we get the word spirit, uh, Holy Spirit, hagios pneuma. We've been examining... Uh, the work and the ministry and the power and the purpose and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Listen, if I had to choose a title for today's message, it would simply be, here it is, two words, the voice. Uh, the voice. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to tap into some of the principles that will help us lead and live a spirit-led life. One of the questions I get often is, Pastor Ray, how do I know God's talking to me? How do I recognize God's voice? 
How do I know God is leading me? And uh, we're going to visit that this morning. And again, this is by no means exhaustive because being led by the Holy Spirit is something we could stay on and hang out talking about for weeks. Just that one idea alone. Uh, so this is going to be an overview, a survey of what it looks like to be a spirit-led believer. Where your decisions and your choices are informed by the leading, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Where you're not just living life on your own terms, you're living a life that is yielded and submitted to God's direction and God's leadership by the Holy Spirit. And may I submit to you that that is the safest place to live. Because ultimately you and I cannot get God's results doing life our way. The way we get God's results in our lives is by yielding ourselves and following the leading and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? I've got two anchor texts this morning that will help us navigate this conversation. The first one is lifted from 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 10. I'll be reading from the King James Version. And these are the words of Paul to the church at Corinth. And Paul says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Okay. Let's just pump the brakes for, for a second. You know what Paul's saying? Paul is saying that there are a whole lot of voices in the world vying for and fighting for your attention. And none of those voices is without signification or substance. That means there are voices in the world fighting for your attention and your affection. And your life will always move in the direction of the voice you trust the most. In fact, voices become our thoughts. And your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There are many kinds of voices, many variations of voices. And listen to what he says, none is without significance. They all have certain value and they have certain merit in your life. So how do I weed through all those voices to hear the singular voice that I need to hear the most, which is the voice of God? When there's the voice of my parents, the voice of my spouse, the voice of my children, the voice of my church, the voice of my employees, the voice of my friends, the voice of my girlfriends, the voice of my boyfriends, the voice of, you can go on and on and on. It's not only the voices of Christmas present, but even the voices of Christmas past that might still be haunting you. Because there are many voices in the world, none without significance. And you've heard me say it before. If you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it a thousand times. That who you are and who I am is a direct result of the voices that I've chosen to trust over the course of my lifetime. So who have you believed? And who have you trusted? Because the voices that you have chosen to trust have not only determined the trajectory of your life, but they've also determined the lid on your life. Not only your direction, 
but your elevation. And not all of those voices have been the voice of God. We have trusted voices that have misled us and misguided us. And God wants us to come back to developing an acuity and sensitivity to his voice above all else. So Paul says it this way to the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One of the identifying markers of someone who is a son of God, a daughter of God, is that they have developed this ability to be Spirit-led. Are y'all with me? Now let's go a little bit deeper. Because the word translated sons in the text, in the Greek, is a Greek word, that means mature. Being led by the Spirit of God ain't for babies. Being led by the Spirit of God is reserved for the mature sons and daughters of God. Meaning that God could want to give you instructions about what you should do now and what you should do next, but baby girl, you ain't ready. And he has reserved his instruction and his unction and his leadership because you ain't ready. Didn't he say to his disciples more than once, I have many things to say to you that I just can't say now? In Galatians chapter 4, Paul even talks about, uh, um, uh, oh, come on, somebody that most of us as Christians are like trust fund babies. He says, I've got an inheritance for you that I can't get to you yet. And because you ain't ready, I have to surrender you to the, the discretion of caretakers, even though the inheritance has been yours the whole time. And most of us think we waiting on God. No, no, no. God is saying, I'm waiting on you to level up so that you can inherit what's already yours. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the mature. The huios is the Greek word. The huios of God. The mature sons and daughters of God. And may I submit to you that just because we name the name of Christ... that we're following his leading. And what if, what if the very thing that we're yearning for has been withheld because we've given our attention to the wrong voices and ignored his voice? Let me read this from the Passion Translation, because the Passion Translation recently has been one of my favorites. <laughs> the Passion Translation just hit different, y'all. Notice the Passion Translation. It says, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. Show me a mature believer, and I'll show you someone who is moved only by the impulses 
of the Holy Spirit. So here's the first thought. Being spirit-led requires maturity. Okay. Let me define the word maturity for you. It means something that is fully developed. It means something that has reached the most advanced, advanced stage in a process. That's what maturity is. So what does that look like? Can I just give you one example? I could give you multiple examples, but I'll just give you one. God has called you and me to be childlike in our faith, not childish with our fits. I'll say that again. God has called you and has called me to be childlike in our faith. Not to be childish with your fits. And if you are still throwing tantrums because things aren't going your way, because things aren't having, happening on your own terms, if you have to manipulate your way into your own agenda, you ain't ready to be spirit-led. The scripture says you are still carnal. You know what that means? Carnal, again, it comes from the Greek word that is also used in Latin and Spanish, carne. Come on, carne asada. It means meat or flesh. And when you're still given to fits and tantrums, you know what he's saying? You are just flesh-led. And I've told you before, the more emotional you are, the less rational you become. If your emotions are what drive you, if your emotions are what determine your decisions, you have set yourself up for a painful life. Because what you have done is you have placed more significance on your emotional voice than the voice of God. And may I submit to you like a loving father, he ain't just going to give you what you want. Sometimes he's going to give you what you need. You want sweets and candy and cake. And God pull up with a whole plate of broccoli. I said, no, 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 I want sweets. That's what you want. But how many of you realize just because you want it doesn't mean that's what you need? And so we throw fits because we ain't getting what we want. And because we're constantly throwing tantrums with God, we can't hear his voice to lead us. Because he's saying, baby girl, what you need is broccoli, and you're still throwing a fit about your favorite nothing bunt cake. <laughs> Being led by the Spirit of God is for the mature. It ain't for everybody. And may I just submit this question to you? Could it be that maybe in your life you're getting more of what you don't want instead of what you do want? because you have chosen to listen to the wrong voices? Oh, Lord Jesus. I thought you were going to help me this morning. So here it is. How does God lead us? I'm going to give you three practical ways that God leads us. 
three practical ways that, that God can lead us, the mature sons and daughters of God. Number one, God leads us by the scriptures in front of us. <laughs> People come to church all the time and say, Lord, I, I came this morning because I need a word. Open your Bible and you will have a daily word. People leave church and say, I ain't being fed. No, you're starving because you ain't feeding yourself. How many of you sitting in this audience right now can survive on one meal a day? What if your diet consisted of just one meal on Sunday mornings and you didn't eat anything else until the next Sunday at 10 a.m.? You know why you're starving? Because you're not a self-feeder. And the reason we don't know God's voice, we don't recognize God's voice, is because we're not spending the word of God, which is the primary way God leads us. Oh, I don't know what, God, what's your will for me? What do you want to do? Go read the book. It's the primary way that God leads us. Let me put this in perspective for you. There was a recent study done by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 people from the general population. They were between the ages of 8 to 80. And this is what they discovered among people who spent time in the scriptures at least four times a week. When they pulled these 40,000 people between the ages of 8 and 80, this is what they discovered for those in that population that engage with the word of God at least four times a week. Y'all ready for this? Feelings of loneliness decreased by 30%. Anger decreased 32%. Bitterness in relationships decreased 40%. Alcoholism among people who spent at least four times, interacted with God's word four times. Alcoholism decreased by 57%. And here it is for those who say, I ain't being fed. Those who claim to experience spiritual stagnation, it decreased by 60%. Why, why do you feel God ain't leading you? Because you're not interacting with God's word, which is the primary way he speaks to us. Because God will never say anything or give you an instruction that is inconsistent with the written word. Now, let me tell you what we forfeit when we allow our Bibles to collect dust. The first thing you forfeit is clarity. Because that's what most of us are looking for. We want to know what to do. We want to know how to do it. We want to know when to do it. And we're going through life, and there's all these voices, and we don't know which way to turn. Yet God says, my voice is captured in the pages of my word. And if you will engage and interact with my word, you will hear my voice. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way Walk ye in it. You mean to tell me that God wants to give me clarity about my life and say to me, Ray, this is what you need to do? Absolutely. 
Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21 is a promise that you can stand on when you interact with God's word. God, I'm not 100% sure what to do, but your promise to me is that my ears will hear your voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or whenever you turn to the left. So you hear that promise? Whenever I start to, to veer off course, when I turn to the left or to the right, I will hear, I will hear the spirit of God within me that internal GPS begin to reroute me. One of the things my family enjoys doing is going on long road trips. And you can set that GPS. And as long as that GPS is engaged, this is what I can guarantee. No matter how many times you go off course, it will reroute you. I don't care how many times you take the wrong exit, I don't care how many times you miss your exit. Your GPS is so committed to getting you to your destination that no matter how many times you derail or detour, it will reroute you. And God says the same thing in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. So well, Pastor Ray, oh, here it is. That's the first way God leads us with clarity. The second way God's, God leads us is with comfort. And let me tell you what I mean by comfort. He leads us with his peace. In the times when we don't have clarity, God will give us his peace, which is comfort. Because there are going to be seasons in your life when God calls you and requires you to walk by faith and not by sight. There are times when God will tell you crystal clear what you're supposed to do, and then there are going to be times when God says, baby, this next season of your life, this next stage of your life is going to require you to walk by faith and not by sight. So he said, well, how do I know I'm moving in the right direction? He will give you his peace. And that's why the scripture says, do not be anxious for anything, but in what? Some things. No, in everything. In all things. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And how does he respond? And the peace of God. Here it is, that passes all understanding. You know what that means? That means in the moments when you don't have clarity, in the moments when you don't have understanding, God will give you his peace. And he will let you know, continue moving in this direction and you have peace. There have been so many decisions that I have made, not because I had clarity, but I had the comfort of the peace of God, even when the decision didn't make sense. And there are times in your life when God won't give you 100% clarity because you'll say, the just shall live by faith. What he'll give you is comfort. He will give you the peace that you made the right decision. And his peace transcends understanding. Most of us don't want to make a move until we understand the details. And sometimes God says, no, in this season, I ain't giving you no details. I'm going to give you an instruction. And with that instruction, I'll give you peace. How do you know you're making a bad decision? No peace on the inside. I ain't talking about up here. That's understanding. I'm talking about the peace of God 
that transcends understanding when it doesn't make any sense here. Well, we made the decision to come to McKinney, probably about 15 miles from where we had been meeting. Made absolutely no sense. Because most of the people we're reaching were on that side of town. The second thing that didn't make sense is like, you're going to have to meet Saturday nights. In my mind, I'm saying, whew, that's the death sentence right there. But when I didn't have understanding, I had peace that it was the right decision. Had no idea that they were about to put this building on sale, up for sale. But simple steps of obedience will always cause you to intersect the promise of God. And in the times in your life when you don't have clarity, God will give you his comfort, which is his peace. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, 6 through uh, 9. Let me just read that to you real quick. Again, this is from the Passion Translation. Is this helping anybody yet? (laughs) So clarity is when God is specific. Comfort is when God isn't specific and he asks us to walk by faith. And in those times, this is what the Passion Translation says we ought to do. (laughs) Woo! Is it on the screen? Come on, somebody. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be what? Saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. And that's what's been blocking you, your human understanding. God says, exchange your human understanding for my peace and you'll hear my voice. It transcends human understanding and notice what it will do. The peace of God will do two things. It will guard meaning it will protect your heart while you wait. And it will protect your mind while you wait. The peace of God will insulate you from doubt, from anxiety. You ready for this one? From bitterness toward God. I said from bitterness toward God. From bitterness toward people while you wait. The peace of God will insulate you while you're in the middle. How does God lead us? Clarity. But sometimes he leads us only with his comfort, only with his peace. All right. This is blessing me. (laughs) I'm helping myself up here. Number two. Number two, God speaks to us through the scriptures in front of us. Number two, the spirit of God within us. And that's where we've been spending time in this ghost stories series. I'm not going to say too much about this, but notice what the scripture says in John chapter 14 and verse 16. And I will ask the father and he will give you another comforter in the amplified. It helps amplify what that word is. And it shows us the sevenfold ministry of Holy Spirit. Parakletos is the Greek word. I will send you a comforter. Number one, that's what he does. He comforts us. Number two, he's our counselor. In my notes, that word is in bold and it's a, there's a reason because that's what I want to talk about. He's our, not only our comforter where he comforts us, but he also does what he counsels us. Huh? He gives you wisdom. 
to make the right decision. The Holy Spirit is a counselor. He doesn't only comfort you. He will counsel you. Number three, he's our helper. Sometimes in life, you just need divine help. When you ain't got the strength to get out the bed, when you ain't got the strength to do it one more day, that's when you pray, Holy Spirit, activate. Because you're my helper. I can't do it right now. I don't feel, I don't feel like working, walking in that job, grinning with nobody another day. But the Holy Spirit is your helper. Tap into what is already within you. Ooh, here's another one. He's your intercessor. He's praying through you, and he's praying for you. He's your advocate. We're going to get into all these words another time. He's your strengthener, and here it is. He's your standby. Whenever you need just that extra boost, he's right there, man. And he says, I will be with you forever. You and I have access to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Here's part of the problem, though. When the Holy Spirit does that Google search, is there no results found? You know why? Because you ain't been spending time in the Scripture. And Holy Spirit will never say anything that is inconsistent with God's Word. In fact, the Holy Spirit will use God's Word to confirm and affirm the decision that you make it. So Holy Spirit might be saying what you ought to do, but you ain't never cracked open your Bible. You don't even know what that is or what it means. Because he will only counsel you according to the word of God. The scriptures are logos, the written word. When Holy Spirit comes and counsels you, he will give you rhema, which is the Greek word for a spoken word or an active word. That's why sometimes you read your Bible and the words jump off the page. And it is the exact thing you need for your situation. It is when Logos, the written word, becomes Rhema, the active word, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And most of us don't experience Rhema words because we're not spending time in the Logos word and we're giving Holy Spirit nothing to work with. Holy Spirit could be speaking to you right now could have been speaking to you for the longest time. I don't recognize his voice, though. Because the main thing he uses to speak, which is the scripture, is so foreign to Christians today. They don't know if it's in the Bible or not. I had somebody call me last night who's a Christian. They were writing a speech, and he said, man, I really want to put some scripture in this thing, and I want to use this thing that says, um, talk about how, you know, we can do much more when we work together. And he said, I've been really been thinking about this scripture. Many hands make light work or make work light. I said, bro, that ain't scripture. <laughs> That's an Amish saying. That's what Amish people say. Ain't in the Bible. And people say, oh yeah, heaven helps those who help themselves. <laughs> Not in the Bible. <laughs> Hate to bust your bubble. And we are listening to voices that we have given significance. So good. So good. That are keeping us from hearing the voice of God. So 
But here's why, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. This is, I got I got us. this is where I'm going, Jesus, take the wheel. No, this is serious. Because this is, this is, this is a big one. No, this is, listen, this is the big one. Come on, Fred Sanford, Elizabeth, I'm coming to Jordan. It's the big one. Y'all ready for the big one? Yeah. Three ways God speaks to us, the scriptures in front of us, huh? the spirit of God within us. Third way God speaks to us is the saints around us. Yeah. Can I just meddle for a second? Can I get all up in your business right now? Oof. Listen, could it be, could it be that the problem ain't that you ain't spending time in the word? Could it be the problem that it's not that you not, the spirit of God ain't talking to you? Could it be? Could it be? That the problem with why you can't hear God is because of your circle. The saints around us. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So the scripture is saying there's safety in having the right people around you. Because God can speak through scripture, God can speak by his spirit, but God can also speak through the saints around you who can confirm and affirm what God has already spoken to you in those times of uncertainty. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Notice what Proverbs, Proverbs chapter uh, 15 and verse 22 says. It says, without counsel, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. You know what I mean? It says, even your plans, if you put it in front of the right people, they will help you establish whether this is a wise decision or not. And you guys have heard us define wisdom. Wisdom is not just the ability to discern and distinguish between right and wrong. That's usually easy. It is the ability to distinguish between good and best. And that's what your circle ought to be helping you do. Find the wisdom of God, the counsel of God. Help you hear from God. If all your friends do, if the people in your life are only in your life for recreational purposes, if that's the only reason they exist, for entertainment, for you to turn up, and they're not making you better, you need to change your circle. And part of the reason you can't hear God is because the people who have significance in your life, in your circle, are not pointing you to God. They're pulling you away from him. And you don't even know it. Listen to what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Your circle matters. Your circle could be the thing that is corrupting your character and keeping you from hearing the voice of God. 
Notice the third thing, Proverbs 24 and verse 6. The first thing it says is that people fall when they don't have counsel. It says that their plans go awry when they don't have the right counsel. And then the third thing, it says, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. In a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Could it be that you are losing life's battles, your wars, because you have lousy advisors? And those advisors, the voices of those advisors have now overridden the voice. This is the whisper of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we're going to close. The saints around you. Yeah, we thank God for the scripture. <laughs> we thank God for the spirit. But the saints around you. And notice I said saints around you. Because not every Christian is under the right influence. Not every Christian in your circle is under the unction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So here it is. Y'all get, get ready to take some notes. Now, I'm, I'm trying to help you. If it doesn't seem like you're winning in life, if you're losing wars, it could be because of your, your counsel and your circle. Let me give you a couple of people to avoid. <laughs> I'm talking about your circle. I'm talking about your circle. Number one. Remember, we said there are many voices, and none of them is without significance. Here are the voices to avoid. Ha! The first voice you ought to avoid is the voice of Judas. Judas, that voice, are the people who are controlled by greed, who will betray you for their own advancement. Some of y'all entertain those people in your circle because they haven't done it to you yet. But you steady see them doing it to everybody else who are undercutting people. And they're so motivated by their greed that they will betray others, like J Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the going rate for a slave. And some of you have betrayed friendships. You've turned away from people because you allowed a Judas in your circle. And you wonder why you can't hear God's voice? Oh, here's the second one. There are Christians, and remember, Judas walked with Jesus three years. He was part of Jesus in a circle. And he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver because he was motivated by his greed. In fact, the scripture says he would take money out of the treasury. Some of y'all got Judases in your circle. And when you entertain the voice of Judas, you can't hear God. Number two, Jezebel. Jezebel, these are people who use emotional and sexual manipulation as a power tool to manipulate the relationship. I'm talking to single people now. I'm talking to single people. And not just single people. Some of y'all may have married one. who manipulate your emotions and use sex as a reward to get what they want. Yeah, they used you. But you allowed them in your circle. And when God was talking to you, you didn't listen to God. Because everybody in your circle entertained Jezebel. And when God was saying don't, they were saying do. Number three, 
people to avoid. They might be in your circle. If Judas was in Jesus' circle for three years, they might be in your circle. Number three, Cain. People who don't understand your relationship with God and despise you for the favor of God on your life. You don't even realize it, but they're all around you. And remember, Cain was Abel's brother. His own blood. And he despised the favor on his brother's life to the point that he killed him. There are people in your circle right now, you don't even realize how much they despise the grace of God on your life. It's Joseph's brothers who despised their brother to the degree that they were willing to kill him. Let me tell you, I've said this before, pastors bleed too. People have hurt you maybe once or twice. If you're a pastor, they have hurt you hundreds of times by the things they do, by the things they say. And if you don't spend time in the presence of God, you will go through life bitter and angry and resentful. You think about your worst breakup and multiply it by at least 100. That's what Pastor Wendy and I have dealt with as pastors. And if you don't spend time in the presence of God, Cain's will make you walk away from God. Ten spies. Some of y'all got the ten spies in your circle. And these are people with a we are grasshoppers mentality who will talk you out of your own promised land. You know what God told you. And every time you open your mouth to tell them something, they will give you a thousand reasons why it don't work, why it ain't going to work, why you don't deserve it, why there are giants in the land, and you just a grasshopper, baby. Stop dreaming. And they cut you down to their size. They're in your circle. And because they're in your circle, you can't hear God. Here's the third one, or whatever number that is. This is the fi final one that people you need to avoid. Can I just, can I just call his name? You need to avoid the devil. And I'm talking about the devil in the blue dress. What I mean by the devil, I'm talking about people who show up one way. Male, female, whatever. But notice what the devil does. The devil is an accuser or slanderer who tears other people down to your face and you behind your back. No, it's cute when they're tearing other people down to your face. And you have no idea they're doing the exact same thing, accusing you and slandering you behind your back. But you entertain them in your circle because, oh, they ain't talking about me. Yeah, they're talking about you, not just to your face. And because you have entertained them, what they've said about other people to your face. It's crazy how one day people love you and the next day you're like, did I do something to you? Come on, sister. You know what I'm talking about. How did we go from being cool to not talking? What did I do? Somebody let the devil in the circle. And the word Satan or Satan means accuser and slanderer. And some of you have left Satan and the devil into your circle. And they have accused and slandered people to you. To your face. And you had no idea they were doing the same thing behind your back.
But these are the voices you've entertained. And when you entertain these voices, you can't hear God, baby. Levi, why don't you come? Levi, why don't you come? And uh, I'm going to ask you to do this uh, now. Uh, Because over time, I got to finish this message. Levi, why don't you come? And I'm going to pick on somebody. Malak, why don't you come? Over time, we lose our ability to hear God. We decrease our sensitivity to God. Thank you, Stephen. Come on, that's a converged man right there. That's how we roll. Uh, Levi knows what's about to happen, but you, you don't. <laughs> she has no idea. But I tested this at home. Uh, but not just for Levi, okay? We're going to do something. I think it's going to be on the screen. Uh, but you're going to listen for something. And when you hear it, just raise your hand. When you hear it, whenever you hear it, just raise your hand, okay? It's not a trick, but give me a thumbs up when you can hear it. Oh, when you, when you start it. Did you start it? Okay. Can you all hear that? Oh, no, okay, keep listening. Put your hand down when you can't hear it. Okay, I think I gave you the wrong one. Man, that just killed my whole illustration. Can you hear it? You never heard it? Okay, Malak never heard it. Okay, I think I sent you the wrong one. Um, <laughs> you did, some people didn't hear it. Okay, okay. So listen to this. Um, uh, the human ear can hear the frequency, and I don't know why y'all heard that, because you weren't supposed to hear that. I think I probably sent you the wrong one. But the human ear can only hear between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. Between 20 and 20,000 hertz. 20 hertz, lower frequency, 20,000, higher frequency. Over time, over time, you lose your ability to hear higher frequencies. So there are frequencies that kids can hear. And I did this with, with Nia and Levi yesterday. I think I was another video. And Levi's like, oh, man, that's so loud. That is so, and I couldn't hear a thing. <laughs> Nia and Levi. But it happens over time. And usually between the age of 24 or older, we lose our ability to hear those higher frequencies. In fact, and thank you. Everybody show your love for Levi. And, Yes, she's only 24. She's, yes, she's only 24. Thank you, Levi. Appreciate it, buddy. Give me a high five. Okay. Uh, all the, peop- the only people who were supposed to hear that were the younger kids, and I think I sent her the wrong, the wrong, the wrong thing. It was the right one? Okay, no, you weren't supposed to hear it. Only some people didn't hear it. Some, okay, maybe you need to go to the doctor. Yeah. But, but the only people who were supposed to hear it where people who were like 24 or less, right? 24 or younger, because that's sort of the turning point where you can only hear. Uh, 22, all right, sorry. I, I will, I'll, I'll, find the right, I'll find the right thing next week. But this is what happens, y'all. And I, I, I'm about to let y'all go, right? This is what happens. In, that, in the room yesterday when I tested this thing, Levi and Nia could hear something I couldn't. And just because I couldn't hear it didn't mean that there wasn't a sound. Listen to me. Most of us 
have lost our ability to hear the God frequency. But the fact that God is broadcasting on that frequency and I can't hear it doesn't mean God ain't speaking. And one of the reasons we have lost our ability to hear on the God frequency is because of our circle. The saints around you are supposed to point you to God, but if they ain't, it's going to make it a whole lot harder to hear him. So this is where I close. Y'all ready? Last thing I'm going to say. Last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to go fast and furious. I'm going to go fast and furious with this one. Uh, we talked about the voices to avoid. And the reason I'm doing this is because you got to ask that question. How healthy is my circle? Because if my circle ain't healthy, if my circle is toxic, listen to me. Moment of transparency. There are some people that I love, that I genuinely care about, that I don't mess with anymore because your circle is too unsafe. Can't mess with you. I love you. I care about you. I'll never do anything to hurt or harm you. I can't let you get any closer. Because I see Judas, I see Jezebel, uh, I see the 10 spies, they're all around you. Ain't no way you're hearing from God. Whatever is coming out of that, contaminated, contaminated. And it's not that I feel better than you or I hate you. I just need to hear from God. And I can't hear from God messing with your circle. Yeah. Voices to amplify. Voices to amplify. These are the voices you want to listen to. This is the frequency you want to live on. Number one, you need to have an Eli in your life. And Eli is a person who will help you discern the voice of God. Remember when Samuel was young in Eli's house and God spoke to Samuel three times, called out to Samuel, and Samuel thought it was Eli. He kept going back to Eli. And Eli said the fourth time, if you hear that voice, say to him, speak, Lord, for your servant heareth. You need to have people in your circle who will help you discern the voice of God. If I were to ask for a show of hands, I don't know how many people would be able to say, I got somebody in my life, personally, not my pastor, not me, somebody in my life personally that helps me hear the voice of God. You need an Eli. You need to trade Judas for Eli. You need to have the voice of Mary in your life. And Mary is a person who makes the baby leap within you. This is somebody in your circle that when you share the dream with them. You remember when Mary and Elizabeth connected? They were both pregnant. And when Mary came to see Elizabeth, the baby that was in Mary's womb, Jesus, and the baby that was in her cousin Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, both leaped or leapt, whatever the right word is. Who you got in your life, in your circle? Other than people you just go hang out with and eat with, who make the baby in you leap? Number three, you're the Mordecai. You need a Mordecai in your life because Mordecai was Esther's cousin. And Mordecai was a person, or Mordecai is a person who sees destiny, but not only destiny, they see the timing of God on your life. Who will say to you, do it now. Don't miss your moment. Number three, you need a Barnabas. Or number four, you need a Barnabas in your life. Barnabas is a peer friendship that will challenge you. 
Titus, a person who will bring encouragement and faith in your, I'm sorry, I wrote that in my notes wrong. Barnabas, his name actually translated means encourager. When nobody else would mess with Paul, when nobody else would touch Paul, because Paul used to be Saul and he used to persecute the church, the only person that came to him was Barnabas. How many of you have a Barnabas in your life who will stand with you in your darkest moments? When nobody else will mess with you or touch you, you got that one ride or die who will stand for you and encourage you in your darkest moments. You need a Barnabas. You also need a Titus. And a Titus, I flip-flop these. A Titus is a person who will bring encouragement. I'm sorry, a peer friendship that will challenge you. That's a Titus. Oh, man, you need a Nathan. You need a Nathan. What is a Nathan? A Nathan is a prophetic voice who hears from heaven and is not enamored or intimidated by you. You need to have somebody in your life who will set you straight, who ain't worried about hurting your feelings if it's going to save your life. And that's why David, uh, Nathan confronted David and said, David, you tripping, man. The baby had already been born and died that he had with Bathsheba, and there's no evidence anywhere in Scripture that David repented until he was confronted by Nathan. And out of that repentance, David wrote Psalm 51, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. David didn't realize how far he was from God. He couldn't hear God's voice, but it took Nathan, a prophetic voice that wasn't enamored with David or intimidated by him to rebuke him to save his life. And the problem is, most people don't want Nathan. They just want somebody who will just tell them what they want to hear. Thomas Sowell said it this way. Hmm? Uh, what did he say? It's going to come back to me. Uh, we don't tell people the truth because we want to help ourselves. We tell people the truth because we want to help them. Most of us don't tell people the truth because we want to help ourselves. Oh, I'll just let them keep doing what they're doing because it helps me. But when you have a Nathan in your life, they will tell you the truth. Tell the truth, Will Smith said. Because it's going to help you. Can I just say this? Defensiveness. Defensiveness. If you're defensive when somebody's telling the truth, let me tell you what that is. Defensiveness is the scar tissue from a prior offense. Defensiveness. And this is the way John Gottman defines defensiveness. And I know I kept y'all longer than y'all wanted to stay, but I'm going to drop it all on y'all. I got two more minutes and I'm done. Defensiveness means you live, go through life, warding off a perceived attack. That means you go through life with your dukes up. Before anything jump off, you're already in the ready position. You live a defensive life. You know why you live your life with your dukes up and nobody can come near you? I ain't, listen, I ain't never seen anybody hug a porcupine. Ain't nobody getting near that. Ain't nobody hugging that. Because you go through life with all your needles on ready. You go through life with your fist up, with your dukes up. Defensiveness is the scar tissue. It is the residue of things you haven't resolved yet. And the problem with residue, the problem with all that scar tissue is you make the new person pay for what the last person did. Yeah. 
I didn't do that to you. Why you tripping? They did it to you. You didn't resolve it with them. Now you're going through life with scar tissue and you're making the new person pay for stuff you didn't resolve. And the reason you're so defensive is because you don't want to hear the hard truth that you haven't healed from a prior offense. Oh, I'm good. No, you ain't good, player. <laughs> I'm good. No, no, you ain't good, doc. You know how I know you ain't good? Because every time I try to touch you, you flinch. The bone's still broken. It's still tender to the touch. It's still swollen. It happened 10 years ago, but nobody can touch that foot. Nobody can touch that part of your life. You know why? Because you hadn't let it heal. Part of the reason we don't let it heal because you don't allow anybody to speak the truth to you. You don't like Nathan because Nathan is going to tell the truth. You need a Nathan. You need a Timothy, a disciple, a protege, a mentee that you're pouring into. And then finally, you need a Paul. You need a Paul. A Paul is an authoritative voice who pastors and prays for you. Y'all hear that word? Authoritative. Authoritative. Someone who has authority in your life. You know what that means? Uh, I'm a man with authority, but I'm also a man under authority. I have authority to pastor Converge Church, but I'm, 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 I'm uh, uh, accountable to our board and I'm accountable to you. I don't just make unilateral decisions. Not only that, we have a board of overseers over us. And the reason we have a board of overseer over, over us is that if I'm ever tripping and the board says, your boy Ray Harmon out his mind, guess what that board of overseers will do? They will swoop in and remove me if necessary. I have submitted myself to that. Most people don't have a Paul in their lives who have authority, who have authority to direct and redirect them. Y'all ain't listening to what I'm saying. And that's one of the reasons you don't hear from God. So many people, when I try to help them, first thing they do is bring me down to their level. A lot of people come to church here, I'm not their pastor because I don't have an authoritative voice in their lives. The crazy thing about that though, Chuck, hmm, is that familiarity breeds contempt. So whatever God has in me for you, you can't benefit from because you don't see me in that place. That's why when Jesus went to his own hometown, the scripture says Jesus could do no mighty works there. Because all the people said, man, that's just Jesus. I grew up with him. His brothers and sisters are here. No honor. And because they didn't honor him as an authoritative voice, couldn't do any miracles in their lives. Who's the authoritative voice in your, in your circle that you submit yourself to and you honor? Because if you don't do that, if you don't have at least these people in your circle, it's going to be that much harder to hear the voice of God. So the last thing, John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they know it, the voice of a stranger. They will not follow. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. In Jesus' time, shepherds would go looking for green pastures because most of the Middle East in the parts where Jesus lived uh, uh, were dry and arid. 
So sometimes they would have to travel miles, miles to find an oasis or green pastures. When the shepherds came with their sheepfold to an oasis, because the, most of them had traveled all day, they would spend the night. And most times they would camp out in caves. The crazy thing about it is there were multiple shepherds, each with their flock, many times a hundredfold. So think about three or four shepherds, each with a hundred sheep, and all those sheep go into the cave the night before because they had walked a long distance. This is what the shepherds would do. The next morning, one by one, the shepherds would come and they would call out to their sheep in their voice and their sheep and only their sheep would respond to their voice. So if you had 400 sheep in there and that shepherd came and he had 75 sheep and he called out to his sheep, only 75 of the 100 would come out. And then the next shepherd would come and he would call out to his sheep and only his sheep, 100, 110, would come out and follow him and so on and so forth. When Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, that's the picture that Jesus is giving us. That we ought to be able to hear his voice. That even when another shepherd cries out, we know that's not my shepherd. That's not the voice of Jesus. That's not the voice of the God I know. And even when all the other sheep are leaving and exiting the cave, I still know it's not my time yet because I haven't heard the voice of my shepherd. Father, would you seal this word in our hearts? Would you help us today to recognize your voice above every other voice? Father, would you cause us once again to fall in love with your word, the Logos and Rhema, to cultivate communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the standby. And God, would you help us once again evaluate our circle? Because sometimes you choose to speak to us through the saints around us. Help us. Help us, Father, to make the right choice and to hear and yield only to your voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Did that help anybody this morning? All right. Woo, I got to let y'all go. I got to let y'all go. The band is in place. You guys are ready. Coquetso isn't here. Uh, which, by the way, Coquetso and Colo are uh, proud parents of Ezekiel. Macafolo, I believe he was born on July 1st, and, uh, and so he's not here uh, today. But man, send your love, your prayers to Colo and Coquetso. Why don't you stand with us? And uh, listen, we're going to get you guys some more information about our upcoming outreach. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, just check your email. We'll talk about it some more in the weeks to come. Make sure you stop by the merch table. Grab some of that new merch, whatever's available out there. And uh, we'll see you here again next Sunday. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we've got some information that we'd love to send you to help kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, please email us at echurch at weareconverged.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. Or you can give via text by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount that you'd like to donate to 77977. Also, you can find all this information on our mobile app. Simply search the app or the Play Store for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.